Welcome back to the program, brother. How's it? Uh, how are you going over there, mate? I'm just uh, letting everything sink in. You know, it's um, kind of like a, a lag, like a hangover kind of thing of the the emotions that um, you know, a couple of days of competing out there was such a long lead up. Like we didn't surf for a week, and there was all this talk about huge swell, and then you know, it was such a a unique year we had like top five implications it felt like kind of like like pipe event or something because it's before the finals and you know Tahiti being a wave of consequence there's all these little stories going on and, and consequences and top five race and we haven't been here for a couple of years you know the two hadn't been here for a couple of years and I hadn't competed here since um 2014 on the world stage that's the last time I surfed to see Tahiti so it's just a lot right you now. I had the sponsors wild card and um, a lot of anticipation. The heat draw changed a few times, and uh, so by the time we got to surf, it was um, you know it was eight to ten foot, and it was freaking sore on. <laughs> and oh. then, you know, I had a couple. I had a false start too. I had the rashy on and slid over the side and flipped Toledo, and then they called us back as the north wind got up, and I had to sleep that night. It was the first heat in the morning, so it was. It's pretty nuts by the time I actually got to, to take off on my first wave. I can't yeah. imagine, man. Yeah, the gravitas of this event, like you said, there was so many narratives in play. And, mate, it was wild. It was wildly cosmic that, you know, it looked for a second that you guys were going to get run in, you know, kind of patchy four to six foot chokes. But the north wind comes up, you know, they, they're called off for the day. And the next day it's yeah. fucking cooking. It is blistering hog mode in full effect mate did you have a sense of uh you know what it meant to everyone watching because you know myself and everyone i spoke to took so much from the performance like your energy your heart um it, it kind of transcended surfing like I, I got real energy from watching it like real motivation real lessons about what we're capable of as a species when we fucking knuckle down and keep our discipline and uh you know and just when we're able to you know get to that other side of adversity and, and sit with the pain and the fear and keep your composure. You know, it was fucking massive, brother. And, uh, mate, I've got to just thank you on behalf of the thousands of people out there who watched this and, and took something similar away from it. Oh, mate, humbled to hear the words for sure. It was, um, yeah, I mean, the, when COVID happened, you know, the event got cancelled. There was a chance that Out had the sponsorship that year. So I've kind of been sitting on it for a year. And then it was sort of maybe, maybe not going to happen. A few people had to pull out. So by the time I actually got the call up, I was so ready. And, um, you know, I had I had ideas of what I wanted to do and, you know, what I was capable of over here in Tahiti. And, um, you know, so by the time I got the opportunity, I was, there was so much fire in the belly to, you know, to unleash and... Um, and um, do myself and my family proud and sounds like the whole country so um, you know I knew what I wanted to do and I just you know there was a lead up and got super prepared and I just manifested it saw what I wanted to do and you know that last 10 I got 2014 it was just so good for me personally in my life and 
you know, the courage it takes, like this wave demands that of you. It takes you to a place that, you know, you don't get to in any other areas of your life. It's just, it does something like what it, what it demands of you just to, to front up and, um, and, um, you know, back yourself. It's just, fuck, it just feels that good when you, when you break through those, those walls and, and, um, you get the rewards. Like the, this wave meets you too. If you, if you front up and, do your bit the wave does the rest it's kind of it's a miracle like that eh? it's just such a sick joint wow mate that's an incredible insight and i mean one guy who's yet to to really be able to to front up and, and meet the waves demands uh was your round one opponent philippe toledo uh you know yourself kelly philippe it's absolutely cooking but uh as predicted team out and own paddled rings around the brazilian world number one i mean <laughs> How did it feel to be putting on a complete clinic against the uh, so-called best surfer in the world? Oh, well, you know, I um, when the heat draw changed from Robbo, Baron Mamiya, and myself, um, I was so excited to see my name against the world number one in Slater. Like I was just so genuinely excited about that, and you know, I think we spoke about it last week when we when we caught up. Um. So yeah, it was just a huge, you know, opportunity, and um, you know, I got a lot of respect for Felipe, and um, you know, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and you know where his values are, and I really like that about him, and he's a family man, likes to have a good time, and I got a lot of respect for him, but um, yeah, I was just more, more thinking like heat against Slater in perfect waves, and how he lifts when the waves get incredible. Like I still feel like, you know, the waves, you know, like Tahiti, Pipe, um, Fiji, you know some respects J Bay still he, he sort of he lives for those moments and the, the matchups and stuff so I was really more excited about hey I'm 43 I've, I've got a wild card don't know how much longer Slater's going to surf on this tour for anymore I mean who knows but um, wow what an opportunity to surf against the greatest of all time in Tahiti and so happens to be world number one too so that was my focus and then you know to just put on my own performance too so I wasn't too too focused on Felipe to be honest but you know I shouted him on a few waves and then you know when he had priority that one I got over the falls was a bummer because that was that probably was a 10 that wave but I didn't get much time to get into the waves I sort of was deeper than him and sort of looking I was mindful to not get interference because he looked like he wanted it for 80% of the time and then he'd stop paddling and by the time I got the green light to go I was I was just off the back of the wave too far, and so there was a bit of that going on. But yeah, it was it was pretty heavy. He just caught the wave at the end, but he fronted up for the second heat. He did a lot better mm. now, man on man heat. So I was stoked for him to at least he got you know a couple of good pits and did himself proud in that regard. And you know, I think I did him a favour anyway. Get to trestles early and get ready to you know to go dual Robbo and Ethan for the world title. You know what I mean? So he was cool. Yeah. yeah, got a lot of respect for him. Hundred percent, and I'm not here to throw shade at him. Just more drawing attention to the fact that uh, <laughs> what you're up against trying to surf this wave. You know, this guy's the best surfer on the planet, and he, you know, was probably yeah. one of the, the most insipid performances since Neko refused to catch a wave out there. You know, the, the opening round heat, but as you said, uh, got a couple sevens, packed a couple solid ones in his elimination heat, and uh, you know he can leave yeah. chopes with his head held high yeah. after that. Uh, she was pretty rattled in the first one. It was just these, you know, big stretched out things coming in and 
Lucas have a mean Slater there too. I don't know. It's just thought it might have made him charge hard and just send, you know. But maybe he's thinking about keeping himself okay for what's you know world title showdown a couple of weeks later. Like if it really came push to shove, I don't think you know that motivation. Like what the motivation that I had in comparison, what the motivation he has, it's not even comparable. You know what I mean? It's not even the same conversation. It's just not, you know. Put myself in his shoes there, yeah, I don't know. But um, it just wasn't there. You know, the intent's not there. You can see it. People get exposed out there if they don't want it. You can just see it and they just don't, you know what I mean? It's, it's nowhere to hide out there, Smithy. That's it, man. Oh, man. I, I actually can't believe the level of fear um, for a guy like Philippe or, or anyone who doesn't really want it when, you know, your worst nightmares materialing materialising on the horizon and you've got priority. I just fucking I rattle at the thought of it, man. It's, it's so heavy. heavy. Fuck. Yeah, everyone's watching and then <laughs> you know. Mate, yeah, it's your turn. What, what was yes, it? you gotta you know, you gotta have a little bit of a look and sometimes they change, it's it's tricky. Fully. And and what was the some energy? Some do what? let you in, some don't. What was the uh... it's, not, it's not fully black and white, you know what I mean? Some some are easier than others and some do the right thing and you gotta sort of constantly shark the line up. It's not that easy, you know. Yeah, they definitely seem to move around a bit uh on the ledges, in between the ledges at certain sizes. It, it it's not as straightforward uh as, you know, just fucking being deep out there and, and, and packing one. But nah. yeah. What I'm interested also to know just what the what the energy was like between you and Slater out there in that heat, you know, were you guys chatting was uh you know and, and Philippe for that matter, what was the uh, energy like? Well, we had the false start the afternoon before, so we kind of got... I hadn't seen Slater because, you know, we're a team out of known. We had some, like, um, brand things to take care of, some interviews and a few little, you know, media things to do between us. And um, so I planned to catch up with him, but he, typical Slater form, he just locked up real late. Like, he just turned up, like, like, when the forecast got good. So I didn't actually see him until we had our rashes on in the heat. So we kind of, you know, we shook hands and said let's go have some fun and how cool is this you know kind of thing and got over that sort of like been waiting for this heat for a week we shook hands and said that you know it's game on so by the time we got to set heat the next morning it's sort of like we got through that bit that energy had sort of shifted and passed because i was sitting out the back the first arvo sort of looking out to sea and just had my game face on and um i could feel him coming up behind me and so you know i just you know, a lot of people say he plays lots of games, he shakes your hand, he doesn't shake your hand, like, fuck, whatever. I just shook hands and said, let's have a hell of time. And then, um, you know, so by the next morning, it was just about the waves were firing and it was just, like, excitement. But during it, there was a little bit of talk, um, you know, how how's that wave, you know, it was a sick one or whatever, and, but just sort of just talking about the conditions pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, um, fast forward, round of 16, the heat with Jack Robinson, the Vortex Shaman, for sure one of the most memorable heats of the year, if not the last 10 years, mate. It was right up there alongside Slater's performances yeah. at Pipe earlier in the year. Uh, talk us through it. It was a fucking stonker. Yeah, it was nuts. I mean, we had the um, no priority for the start, and um, I've been seeing Jack the whole week and surfing with him a lot, lot of time in the water, and you know, encouraging him too, and I said I knew he was, you know, the best guy out there, uh, um, the most informed guy. He's been the most informed guy for the year, probably the gnarliest guy, you know, 
in the draw. So there's a lot of a lot of anticipation coming up to it. Um, but yeah, we sort of were scrapping up the point a little bit, and um, I just bulldogged just like I'm going to get the inside, no matter what. Like I'll just I'll wait up there till whenever, and I just want to get the good start and um, you know not back down. And um, I'm sitting there, and because we're in the non-priority heat, and um, this decent one came, like it looked pretty fast, but like a medium one, but it was going to hug the inside ledge. It looked like the ones that I looked for. Got the like my nine four against um, Philippe, kind of had that length to it. And um, we were already pretty far up the point because we pushed each other up there a bit. So I went to like angle in to paddle in and thought, like I'm already pretty deep, um, but I gave him a bit too much space. Like I sort of paddled down into the wave quicker and he just went whipped round behind me got on my inside and took off like a metre like behind me deeper and knifed in and took off and I was like oh it might be too deep but the last look I got I realised it came back and I was like wow he just just smashed me with that um, <laughs> got a 7.6 before I even knew what was going on I was just I was shattered I was just like wow I just can't believe he did that to me like I just no one had done that to me since Andy did it, like in um, early 2000, did the exact same thing, but it was bigger. And I was just like, okay, that's the caliber. It was actually, it actually fired me right up. So it was, it was kind of, it was, I was stoked that he did it. I was like, wow, this is gnarly. But at the same time, it got me more fired up. So, and it sort of set the tone then for the rest of the heat because I um, knew which ways I was looking for. And then, um, I just really went into like back myself mode and, and waited for the bigger, better ones from that point. So it was kind of like, yeah, sort of backfired a little bit too because it got me a little bit angry and got me into like a little more focused and kind of slapped me around the chops and got me ready for what I needed to do. If it had it just played out normally, I went that wave. The way he rode the wave, I, I probably would have got a seven because he put the brakes on then went up high and got corn again and then came out it was really technical really well mm. put together ride so for me i was sort of think it might have been a seven or seven five for me and then i mean who knows but how what it did to me like mentally and where it took me and then what i did with that um it actually put me in a place i needed to get to to do what i did later yeah that's really fascinating so, man being able to wash <laughs> off the, the the fear or the frustration of of you know that kind of gamesmanship right at the start and, and actually let that fuel you and motivate you and that must be so satisfying man to have gotten the win under those circumstances yeah, after that kind of start massive because then I started I started like getting really selective then and and then because he didn't have priority he'd keep rolling the dice on some and um, you know I didn't go another one then he got his he got a 9 so by this stage he had his 7-6 and his 9 and um so then, it, but even more, I got like, to be on the bigger, better waves to beat him and just kept trusting and believing. And then I didn't go another one. He got an 8-5, I think, pretty sure. I think that's the way it went. Maybe got his 8-5 first and his 9, but I think he got his 9. And I looked at another one, didn't go, got his 8-5. So by this stage, I hadn't got a wave over 4, and he had a 9 and an 8-5. And then there was like 9 or 7 minutes to go, and... Um, I just kept believing, like, because of all the places in the world, you know, Chopu, you can get the nines and tens and you can have a three or four minute heat. Like, I've seen it happen before, years and years, like, time and time again. I just kept believing, you know, and back of myself, and there's big, thick one came up top, you know, the big south up the top. It was a different part of the reef. Um, 
that um, we had been sitting was further up. And, um, yeah, it was just – I knew it was going to unload off that sort of little corner. super shallow there. It's heaps shallower. That's why it spat right from the, the takeoff bit. Right. Like, you know, getting to the end of the right then spinning, it was like – oh, it was nuts. And he sort of put some heat on me, got real close as well, and I knew I wanted – I had priority, so I got to go. And then, like, seriously, the drop was nuts, you know, as you saw – I don't think judges could tell though because it was just went white. Like I dropped down and it just went white. And I don't know if they could see the side on angles. It was a fair way up. I don't know what they could see or what they couldn't see. But when I got to the bottom, um, I knew I'd made the drop and then I just like all went all by feel. But when it spat that, that hard, I couldn't see anything. It just went all misty. And I could just like barely see my like feet on the, on the board. It just went, it was just all mist and, and spit just for ages and like normally it just it spits and it clears but it just it just kept spitting and just i couldn't see anything for like the whole ride until even when i came out of the barrel i was um like there was still spraying my eyes and spit and i was just sort of like getting it out of my eyes and i just when i was crawling out into the channel i saw like owen and, and king and that and i was just looking at him just staring at him just like what the hell was that like that was just so nuts Mate. but it was like times Time stood still in there, eh? Like, I was just holding on, waiting for it, and just, yeah, it was such a surreal feeling. It was just, A, I couldn't see, and B, it was just, like, went quiet, and everything slowed down. It was, like, it was just, fuck, it was a raddest feeling. Man, like, yeah, you know, we were saying, watching the broadcast, um, we knew, you know, you were down a combined total of 17 points. There's 10 minutes to go. We knew that, like, you were going to go the biggest, blackest, meanest fucking thing that lurched up on that ledge. And what came through was, you know, that, that was one of the most awkward and technical waves of the entire event. All that energy, as you said, was heaving on the takeoff spot. Um, you know, the entry yeah. to it was so fucked. And, you know, the thing's blowing out as you're airdropping into it, as you said. And, oh, man, it was just such an unlikely wave. There was so much grit in that wave alone and i think that was really when it crystallized um for a lot of people watching just you know what kind of mode you're in and uh you know just the, the kind of yeah. mentality that you've been carrying for for you know close to a decade now is it all crystallized in that drop and that moment and and kick to kick out and get priority we were just fucking mate the the, the joint went up where we were watching it we were going absolutely mad slapping the tables it was about 10 a.m over here in bali people looking at us like we're fucking mad <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was insane. I was wondering about the score because I knew it wasn't a long one. Like I was looking at it, it didn't have that elbow, it didn't have the west connection to like you know those growers down the end. You know that that normally get the big scores when you're coming into the west bowl with heaps of speed and they they flare out and you know that those those typical west bowl ones. Um, I knew it was just up top, but knowing how intense it was, like the judging criteria was, I'd have to look back exact word for word, but they were going to be highly you know, rewarding uh, um, commitment and um, degree of difficulty was kind of in the first couple of words in the drop, like how intense it was. So I kind of knew that and just, fuck, I didn't have much. It was more like, it wasn't a long one, but I figured it was an intense one. And it was probably a tricky one to judge, I guess, because um, it wasn't a long one. It was on a different, no one had taken off up there. Like, I don't think I caught another wave from quite that far up either, but... Um, like Matt McGillray's ten was down the West Bowl. That that drop was insane too. Yeah, and I got, I got a nine eight seven. Like I think if they realised they looked side on, look at the photo, like what actually went on. I mean, I guess a couple of judges must have given a ten, a couple not. But 
fuck, I'd, I don't know how, like, to make that drop was, it was, fuck, could have been a 10 easy. And under the lip, knifing airdrop on a fucking eight foot. <laughs> I chose pit. Yeah, and you have to look at the steels. I'm like, just on my tippy toes too, and then to get the actual rail in, and then, fuck, I come out through, like, so clean through the middle of the pit too. Didn't, like, hit my head or come out, like, doggy doing nothing. It was just, like, like I could see the whole time and I'd been coming from deep. It was just trippy. Oh, man. <laughs> and, I mean, kicking out with priority, like, you know, fuck, Jack is the most in-rhythm surfer, in-flow surfing conditions like that, but you kick out with priority in front of him. He's watched all that go down. I mean, was were you conscious of a shift at that point in, in Jack's demeanour at all? Was You know, how were you feeling? Were you conscious of how he was feeling? Did you feel a momentum shift? Could you see a momentum shift at that point? Yeah, I, I was sort of wondering because you know I was wondering what the score might be. They hadn't. They took a little while to read it out, um, knowing it was up top, but how messed up it was. Um, and I just wondered how it might have looked for them too, because I just knew how insane it was for me. They took a while. Like normally they read out a ten, they do it pretty quick. So I was like, ah, oh, it's going to be a big one. Though. And then they read out nine, eight, seven. I was like, okay, I'm back in. And then Jack just he made the one mistake where he you know, went that wave as I was paddling out and he didn't better his 8.5. So in hindsight, I'm sure if he had his time again, he just would have sat out with priority. So I still needed a 7.75 or something and then um, so that's still a good score, like it's equal to his first wave. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, he went the wave and I was, you know, I was half looking at him thinking like he might try to like kick out or come out of the barrel sooner seeing me paddling, but he went the whole ride and I was like in the channel already motoring back out and then I got the first priority then and then it was only a couple of minutes more and that a sick one came, had the enough wall, had the grow, the west bit on the end, like it was deeper though too. Like his ones, he was so technical, but he was kind of coming up high and they weren't like bowling out heaps clean on the end, whereas the one I got, it actually grew bigger and was a bit like higher and stayed, I had to drive through a few sections so they had, they couldn't deny it, you know what I mean? Like how he rode, he he squeezed every bit and more on the waves he got. Like I don't know if most people would have got the scores he got, just the way he rode. You know, he went up high around mm. that foam ball and sort of did the little mini Slater thing from mm-hmm. 2000. And, you know, you know he sort of did that and just messed up how he can wipe speed off and gain speed and just what he does in the tube is just nuts. Like it deserved every point he got. But the waves, you know, what that wave I got was heaps better, and I got the eight five, and it's just like, okay, now he's going to be, now he's going to be needing a nine, you know. So, and then yeah, things started. You could see you starting to get a little bit stressed then. Like, I mean, he could get the nine or the ten easy as well, but yeah, it's the ocean, you know, was in my favour at that point, and I think he went one at the end, and I let him go. I knew it wasn't going to be. It's going to be a six at best, and I think that's what he got—a six or a five. Didn't have the didn't have the thickness to it. Didn't have the wall, and um, yeah, it was just like wow. Just beat, just beat Jack. That's sick. <laughs> so sick. I mean, at, at this point, we're thinking like you're basically unstoppable, uh, and then yeah. you, you come up against Kiowa Belly, and mate, this is just such a, a common theme uh, at the World Tour level, you know. The Brazilians, they, they, they squeak through heats. Like, on those bigger days, they don't necessarily get the memorable ones, but they're always on the sevens and the eights, and their make rate is so high. 
Um, and, you know, in that heat, you got an absolute bomb, the wave, the heat. I think you fell on another that probably would have gotten you through the, the heat um, against Clio. Yeah. But, yeah, like, what was your assessment of that heat? And um, also maybe just uh, a comment on, on just the kind of Brazilian strategy because it, it seems a bit different to um, the way Australians are... Hawaiians say or Americans approach events there where you know guys are out there to pack the fucking most psycho ones that Brazilians seem to be a bit more have a bit more self-preservation a bit more strategy um not really hunting out the psycho ones but just more kind of playing the percentages I don't know if that's uh an accurate assessment oh I mean Kayo like he's one of the fuck I love his tube I know my nickname for him is the tube hound like he's I really, I knew it was going to be a tough matchup, but just, you know, full respect to him too. It was going to be a nuts one as well because he's so small. I mean, that tenny got Sakurima and, and um, you know, I've seen him, I've, you know, I've seen him that many good pits. His technique's insane. Um, but, yeah, it was a bummer because I had the 8-8-3. I had the highest score, you know. Um, and so early on that, um, you know, he had a 6 and a 4, so... You know, I had to make up two points, and yeah, like I just, I rode the same board as the day before, so I approached it the same way because I was feeling so good after my three heats on the on the bigger day, and there was still some size in the morning, so I didn't want to go smaller. And I just thought, this is working so well, like I just stay on that board and just did what I've always done. And then you know, just it was a little bit windy, southeast wind, and had a few little chandeliers, and I normally bust through. And, but this time the foam ball monster got me. It was like, you know, after that 883, it was another big bowly one. It was probably another 85, I, I reckon, which is a shame. I probably could have put, you know, a lot of pressure on him right there and then. And then as the dying swell and the wind came up, it sort of shifted. And, you know, I had priority through the middle there. And it was like, go try and go the second wave of the set because it's more drawn off the reef and they got thicker and they actually barrel. And I did that. But the second one just went slopey. It was that one where I got a bit of a cover-up, then I went out and tried to pull back in. Like, that was a big set, like the ones that are normally just fucking heave there, you know? Mm. And it just, it just didn't. It just went slopey on me. I was like, ah. Oh. So that that was a bit of a bummer. And then he had the priority sort of for the back end of the last nine minutes and not much came through. And then I um he let me go away. It was one of these elbow ones that had the, the, the ones I look for that come in on the first reef and, like, and he let me go, and I seriously, like, it took me a little bit to get going. I was on a new 6.3 because I um, creased my other favourite 6.3, and so I hadn't ridden the 6.3. I only had that bigger wave that didn't really happen, and then this was my second wave on that board. And so I got going fast and just shot through the barrel, and I went to brace with it. Like, I pumped and got heaps of speed, and I just sort of set my line to brace to come out. And I think I just went down a little bit much, or the foam ball got me. I had it pumped up a little bit higher or something, but just looking at the footage, I probably would have come out but I got from like oh my, my board would have just almost come out I got it so close and that probably would have been a 7.5 as well but I, to my credit like when I was out there I knew I needed a 2 but I didn't want to surf to a 2 like there's been other times before where I may have backed myself where I've panicked and I've caught too many waves and the hog froths come out and it served me so well but at the same time it, it's also been you know a crutch for me that I've sort of panicked and got so much energy i just wanted to get i'll just get a three just get it done like in tahiti a sick one's going to come and i won't be able to live with myself if i if i go a three and then the fucking eight and the nine comes and kai just you know gets through on that but i'll live with myself if i back myself and wait for a set 
and go down that way. Like, I wasn't going to go down just getting the three. And so, yeah, Kai didn't quite see the, what I saw in that wave. He let me go. He, he had priority and let me go. It was like almost made him pay gnarly. Mm. Oh, <sighs> and then it was about 45 seconds going back out, the little inside bowl thing. It was just the wave was too small and, you know, it just didn't have anything on it. And I got a 1.9. I needed to fucking 217. So I'm like thinking my first wave, you know, me and Kai went up the point a fair way and I got going really quick and, you know, I sort of outrun the barrel. That was a, I don't know, one point something. And so I sort of slowed down that one. Maybe that was my four or, you know, you sort of replay it in your mind. But it's a game of millimetres. I missed out on two really good waves that, you know, would have been a seven or an eight. And I was in the pit just doing what I've done the last, you know, two days. Just, you know. So, yeah, it was, it sucked though because I felt like, getting through the jacket it was a gnarly one I had an 883 in the first five minutes Kai had a six and a four it's like fuck that's to get into the semis and then you know anything can happen from there the Arvo went on the little inside ledge and I would have gone on a smaller board and really start to you know play with some of those foam ball rides and driving through some of the stuff and but hey I'd um I didn't win the contest but I felt like I won the biggest, best day, and I probably had the heat of the event and possibly the performance, and it turns out I got the highest heat score of anyone. Wow. Um, yeah, that's telling. Combined, combined, because McGillray had a 10, but he only had a 4 as the other score. Um, you know, what else? I was the highest Australian athlete for the men's. Yeah. Got to the cause as well. Exactly. I was, I was the last man standing for the Aussies. Um. You know, I hadn't competed in the World Tour for eight years. It was pretty nuts. I mean, we really, really look at it like that. It was um, it was a massive achievement. So good for me, like just for me and my family. This, it was huge. Mate, it was huge. Like I, I can't imagine being you. You lived it, but I, I can't imagine you having a sense of necessarily what it meant for everyone watching like fuck it was big man and like you said like the final day was held in you know patchy four to six foot chokes you know Slater I thought Slater was not going to catch a wave just out of a silent protest for how fucked it was out there I know and yeah yeah there's a bit of that going on <laughs> and I mean you know world titles are obviously decided by you know performance surfing uh, in terms aerials and whatever but for me and for a lot of people you know the days that decide really who are the, the apex predators, who are the, the, the top dogs in the game. It, it's those days at Pipeline and Chopes. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like when it was maxing, you were the guy and uh, everyone knows that. Uh, everyone, everyone on tour knows that. Everyone in the world knows that now. So, yeah, um, yeah fucking full credit to you, man. Um, and you did have to pay to play though. I mean, talk us through a couple of the hidings you copped. Uh, I think was it the round one one looked rough uh, I think yeah it was a couple that looked pretty rough yeah it's just a couple I sort of you know I got pretty hammered I, I got a pretty good cut on my left foot and one on the outside of my right foot and I had an impact suit on too so I kind of like slammed on the bottom on one but I was lucky I had that on bruised butt but not not cut you know so mm. a couple of pretty heavy hold downs so I didn't have to get the ski at all my boards only snapped at one I creased the board in the coyote heat so I got them made thicker and more glass and stronger stringers and 
stuff. So I was really, really stoked, Matt. O and E leashes were insane, um, but not too bad, mate. It was kind of good because it kind of like shake that off, and there's always a bit of fear around every time you come back to Tahiti. What what's going to happen? And, and how big is it going to be? So by the time you get a few beatings and you get through, it kind of just gets you gets you in the groove, and you got to sort of have a look at a few anyway. To, you know, it's a game of inches out there, so you're not going to get every single one right. But I kept swinging for it, and I, I'd actually after I had that one, I said oh, I'll make the ones that I need to make, and I'll make the ones when I need to. And I told myself that. I remember consciously saying that to myself. And then lo and behold, the one I had to make, the one Jack to the top, one up top, my nine eight, I stuck that one. So all the other ones, who cares? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. You know. That's right, man. And uh, finally, man, just, just talk us through the feeling among the Australians at the end of the road because watching the crew, you know, splashing water at you in the channel after you got that bomb, I think it was in the Robbo heat, you know, that, that was a full-blown spine tingler uh, and it, it meant a lot to people uh, to see Aussies coming together like that. Um, and it's not something that I can remember seeing in a long time from Australian surfing and I think you, you galvanised that, you know, your presence... Uh, in that camp beforehand and then um, you know just the energy that you get around with and, and the way that manifested in the performance you put on I feel like you were the glue um, for a, a real resurgent kind of Aussie surfing spirit there so mate how does that feel? Yeah it was insane I sort of you know surfing in Australia and um, you know, Connor, Cal, Jacko um, and Ethan you know, I'd come early with, you know, getting some mentoring from Owen as well and gearing up for Olympics and um, Team Australia, they're set up with Kingy and Kate and the whole team. It just so happens I was staying a couple of doors across and once I got on the event, you know, it was open door policy for me and it was a little bit of a strange situation because I was actually in the event so I didn't want to, you know, Owen was, you know, he was just a, a well of knowledge but because he wasn't in the event, he was quite happy to, you know, give everything that he, that he knew and, you know, he was incredible, such a such a asset to the team. And then, you know, but like I was saying, for me, I was in it, so I didn't want to sort of give too much away because I could end up with one of them in my heat. So it was just the competitor in me was, you know, it was just, this just how it was. But, um, you know, the boys invited me over. We did lots of training, and it was a long week before it started, so it would have been pretty, like, you know, pretty lonely and isolated. And so it was, like, epic, like, catching up for meals and trains and, um you know, mobility sessions and just good bonding, like a little bit of soccer and switch on sessions and early surfs, like all the Aussies are out there early and that's something I've always done. And so the boys had been here for about 10 days, two weeks before I got here. So I kind of just tapped into their, you know, existing program. And then I bought what I bring to the table. And, you know, it was kind of like with um, Newey at the start of the year when I was mentoring some of the kids on the regional series, when I went and actually went out and got second and and got that result at Newey, it was just like, you know, when you actually do it, and you can say what you want, but when you actually do it, it's, it's massive. And I think it had the same effect here because we've been talking about Tahiti and a couple of my performances and what some of my knowledge, but coming to that heat and then seeing Robbo and then being in the channel and actually seeing me front up and perform, it was just like, fuck, okay, here's the hog. I hadn't seen the full, full ball hog yet either because they went on the tour then and, you know they weren't here in 14 when I was here that performance. So it was, I think they were pretty blown away when actually it was actually happening. You know, slapping the water, I was going past, and everyone was like splashing the water. And I was kicking the water at them, and I was just fucking the vein was popping out my head. And, you know the deal, like the whole deal. So I was working really hard to stay calm, like the whole event to stay regulated. So you know, a lot of the emotions spill over and make a shit choice. And I, 
got so much better at that. I think with, you know, age and experience and a bit more wisdom, I sort of know like the switches a little bit better. It's just, but going past it, like, I don't know what was a better feeling, like coming out of that barrel or going past, you know, all the odds in every, the whole channel was splashing. Like, it, that was equally euphoric feeling. I was just so fired up. It was like the best. Fuck, man. I've never seen anything like it, it was, in surfing. That it was, was so sick. It was so sick. And, mate... It was I, the best. And then, you know, just, yeah, rocking up to the team house after that, we, we all put our rashies on and stuff too. And we had, like, you know, pizzas that night and just had our comp rashies on and rocked up to dinner with the rashies on. And <laughs> I think, um, you know, it's just, yeah, more time to come. There's talk about coming back over and training more and... You know, it's, um, it was a really positive experience, and I'm so proud of the boys because you know it's tough your first year coming here, and they haven't had you know much experience, and it's fucking daunting. So you know, maybe not got the breakthrough results that they wanted, but learnt a lot, and you know, build upon for the next coming years, and they'll come back bigger and better and stronger for sure. Hundred no, percent. No real shortcuts out there, you know. You just can't really. Yeah, you just have to put time in. It's a wild concept. just has to be earned. Fuck, it's gnarly. Yeah, yeah, fully. And, mate, I can't let you leave without asking, what, what's the future hold? I mean, are we, you've proved yourself at the pointy end of elite-level surfing uh, in, in marginal conditions and now in, in maxing conditions. You know, are you looking at a tilt on the QE and the Changers? Yeah, I think there's been a bit of a shift up in the... Um Changers for next year, so I mean, I just see what the um, see what that looks like, and you know, what other opportunities come up for sure. I mean, this is definitely going to help help fuel the fire even further. And I think you know, there's a little bit of um, uh, look, dog, we love him, but what the fuck? How's he getting in the contest? Or like, well, just shut them all up. You know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit of that, not I, I understand and whatever, but people don't know the work that that I put in to get. You know, it doesn't just happen, you know. I've worked really hard and um, it was just keep doing all the hard work and no matter what happens, just keep doing the next right thing, keep front up and then an opportunity presents, you can you can strike and I'll just keep doing that. I'll keep doing what I've been doing. You know, Slater's seven years older than me. He's 50, so, you know, I don't feel like I need to panic and it has to happen this year or start of the next year. Or, I mean, I feel like I'm in the best shape now and, I mean, who knows? I'll just, just keep doing the the hard work and you know i'm loving what i'm doing so um let's see you know but yeah that i really enjoyed the regional series last year and if that's the pathway through if i'm meant to be back there that'll be awesome like i feel like this you know of all the events on the tour i feel like i'd still be relevant at a good handful of them like i just comes to mind like you got pipe and sunset and then even bells if snapper comes back who knows um if Fiji was to come back, you know, I don't know, or, or like um, back here at Tahiti, like you think about Seth Moniz, he he did the work in um, Hawaii and stayed. He made the cut. Exactly. You know, he mm. performed. He performed in Hawaii. So I mean, no, you know, I'm not kidding. So I know I'd get smoked against Italo at Trestles or something like whatever. That's cool. But you know, it's not. I just it would be such a massive achievement to get back there and if I'm meant to be back there who knows but this week's definitely um put more belief in me and you know who knows what the anyone else is thinking doesn't really matter but if I get the chance I'll freaking take it 
Fuck, man, that's exciting. That's great news. And uh, yeah, if you're returning out on the beach for the Challenger Series events, we'll be there too, mate. The Swilling Army will be banging the pots and pans for that blistering hog. Stokes, Mitty. <laughs> Mate, I'm just, I, need, I need a lead up too. You guys are so supportive, and you know, sending each other messages and and the um, you know, the posts and the, just the rallying around and, and just getting the troops and the whole of Australia ready for. You know, I think you guys sensed it as well, and um, it definitely helped me to know I had had you guys in my corner and people that you know respect my style and how how I do it. So. No, thank you, guys. Oh, mate, our pleasure. And, yeah, couldn't be happier to be backing you and supporting you and the rest of the crew in any way, man. You, you've, you've fucking captured something that's deep in the Australian sporting spirit. So, yeah, good on you, brother. Very proud of you. Very happy for you. And uh, look forward to speaking to you Competition in the future. Rashes. Nerdism.